When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello there and welcome to Thank the Maker, a podcast about heroes, princesses, scoundrels, hokey religions, ancient weapons, and all things Star Wars. I'm your host, Adam Russell. Hey guys, I'm uh, host number two, Ryan Key. I'm host number 2B, <laughs> Nick Embarian. <laughs> hey everybody. And host two guest, 2C guest, special guest, Mike Herrera of MXPX and uh, also Goldfinger. Hey, what's up you guys? Hey. Hey dude. So everyone should know that we had a guest that didn't work out due to days. This wasn't like a, oh, we'll settle for Mike. It was like, <laughs> I had mentioned to Mike, hey, we have this podcast. You should do it sometime. And he was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then this morning I was like, hey, can you do it today? And here he is. It worked out. Thanks for being here. We upgraded. <laughs> yeah. I'm kind of open. I'm open to, to a little extra talkie talkie. You know, this week we have a, a live stream coming up. We haven't done, it's our first MXPX full band live stream. So Cool. Kind of happy about that this Friday. That's awesome. Yeah. Hold on. Yeah. Friday the, the what? October 16th. Dude, that's my band's also. Our first live stream. Same day. Excellent. All right. Same Z. Double header. Let's yeah. do it. You know what, guys? I'm not saying this just to be funny. <laughs> I am also literally live streaming a show on Friday night. Nick, what are you doing with your time? I'll, uh, I'll yeah. see myself out. <laughs> you should plan something, Nick. You got to make that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'll conference you in on mine if you want, Nick. I'm going to do some really awesome bass tutorials. You should there just you play all of your band's albums in sequence, just on your stereo in your living room, and just pet your dogs for like six hours. Yeah. <laughs> should be noted uh, that Bill over here is once again outnumbered three to one by bass players. That's the way it is. Here we go again. How's that keep happening? There's a lot of low end in here tonight. A lot of low end in here. Yeah. All right, so... I, Mike and I were texting and I told him about the podcast and then, you know, would you want to do it? And he was like, yeah, I'm definitely a Star Wars fan, but I'm old school. I am. So I'm stoked to go down this road. I, dude, I am too. <laughs> I am too. But it's funny because we didn't, we didn't talk like going to, I didn't really like going to depth, like telling you about the podcast and like, we're all super excited and, and humbled by how well this whole thing is doing. We're coming up on 75,000 plays on the podcast and we've had some crazy guests that are like in the star Wars universe, like big time. It's really cool. But saying old school, like I would say the same about myself, but it's like, we're getting, we're getting so, so freaking old that like prequels are old school now. You yeah, know what I mean? Like that's it's true, right? It's just crazy to like what exactly? Cause like old school, old school, it's like I look back on it now. We talk about it all the time how we didn't get to see the original trilogy in theaters because like I was not even born when the first one came out. And I'm still I still feel old school. So Well, speaking of like when the first one came out, I was like, I was trying to remember back and I texted my mom and I was like, Didn't you take me to see Star Wars or maybe it was Empire Strikes Back? And she's like, Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and I looked it up. I was like, oh, that's 1977. I would have been one year old. So yeah. that's not when I went. I didn't go see the first one, but they took me to see Empire Strikes Back in the theater. And I don't remember really anything. I remember the snow and then I was asleep like, yeah, the whole yeah, rest yeah. of the time. I was four years old. 
Wow, dude. So, that happened to me pretty recently, actually. I was watching Empire Strikes Back, and all I remember is snow, and then I fell asleep. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> still on in the room. As a 40-year-old man, I also fell asleep. <laughs> dude, isn't it cool to fall asleep watching Star Wars now as, yeah. like, an old person with a home? Yeah. something, like, cool and comforting about just, like, I've seen this a billion times, and it's just part of me, and I'm going to fall asleep during it, and I don't care. It's cool. I for sure use that Star Wars, but other things also are like my security blanket. You know, like if yeah. I need to relax and watch something I've watched a million times, things like Star Wars or 30 Rock or whatever, you know, like I'm like, I've seen this. It's going to put me in a good mood so I could relax and go to sleep. It's my security blanket. There aren't like a whole lot of things about getting old that I feel really feel yet. I still feel, I think, a lot younger than than I actually am compared to others that I know at my age, some folks. But Mm -hmm. I can't agree with your statement, isn't it nice to fall asleep? Because if there is a single light, like everything in my room that has an LED light on it, like a charger has tape over the light. If there is any (laughs) remote light in the room at all, at this point in my life to get to sleep, I have to have a noise machine on. I have to have a cup of tea of like bedtime tea. I have a weighted blanket. I have a like a purple mattress. I, dude, sleep is the hardest part of, of aging to me. It's the hardest part. I, I don't remember what it was like to just be like, I'm tired. I'm going to bed and then wake up eight hours later. I don't Do remember that. Do you not that. fall asleep by accident though? Cause I'm the dude, same I way. I never like- fall asleep. I never fall asleep. I hate it. It's very hard to sleep. I've always been bad at it. If I'm like, it's sleep time now, I'm screwed. I'm the same way. If there's any light, I'm like, what is that? But I used to sleep fine. Like tour bus, everything. I would sleep. I slept fine. I just can't do it anymore. I think touring ruined us. Yeah, the bunk coffin is a nice (laughs) vibe. I love just falling asleep in there and you just never wake up. It's like two in the afternoon. But can you Miss like, Celtic. can you just lay down in there in that, in the coffin and, and you're out, like you're just down and you're gone? No, I've never been a soup. Like I, I sleep hard right now, but I, I have sleep procrastination. Right. I don't know if you guys have that, but okay. where I just don't want to go to sleep yes. ever. Same. I've had that since as a kid. So much. And I just stay up as late as I can. Yep. Has that been a challenge, like a, like in, in quarantine? Because, like, I mean, I'm at home. I work. I'm in the studio. Yeah, I have my little home studio. I've been doing a lot of scoring and stuff, and it's not really on my own schedule. So I'm just like, it's 4.30. I don't Who cares? I'll, just, I'll get up yeah, later. My family keeps me in line a little uh, bit. That's I got, true. That's you know, true. I, the kids are going to be, you know, up, and they don't wake me up in the morning. They know to leave me alone, but, <laughs> but I can't, you know, sleep in forever. So Right, right. Okay. Yeah. See, I forget. This is another thing about being 40 that's different for me than a lot of my friends. Is I don't have any <laughs> tiny humans that I'm responsible for rearing. So, Yeah, yeah. It's a crazy thing. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, you kind of answered the question we would ask, what's your first Star Wars memory? And that was a great freaking answer. Snow, then sleep. I love that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's so cool. I, and I love Empire. Like, it's definitely yeah. my favorite movie out of everything, probably, if I had to pick one. Yep. But, um... And my my second memory is Jedi. I, I got to go see Jedi in 1983, and I do remember that. I didn't fall asleep. I loved it. I remember being freaked out. It was like the Sarlacc. I, I took a few notes on on some of my favorite moments, but cool. like a lot of them are in in that movie. That's awesome because that was the first one I actually kind of understood as a yeah. as a human. Mm-hmm. And we went in Bremerton, Washington, actually, where I was born and raised, where MXPX is from. That's where I went and saw the movie. My mom's like, "Yeah, I think it was uh, 
the Admiral Theater or the Roxy, one of those two. It was like these old school theaters. That's that, so sick. Did you get into uh, like any of the toys, collecting the toys or playing with the toys back then? You know what? I had a ton of Star Wars figures. <laughs> you know, I never had the full collection or anything, but I was the kind of guy where I'd get like one thing, one setup for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And this, this probably ruined me in some ways that I'm not quite aware of, but <laughs> we didn't have cable growing up. We had an antenna and we didn't get all the channels. We got like ABC, NBC, CBS was a little hazy. And then channel 11 was what GI, uh, was what, well, I guess I'm mixing up the memories. I was thinking GI Joe, Oh yeah. but, <laughs> but yeah, I used to watch GI yeah, Joe. But GI Joe is blurry for me with action figures and stuff too. Like that was, yeah. Cause I had tons of those. Yeah. Same. Did we go on a tangent yet on this podcast about how insanely awesome the GI Joe theme song is? Like now, (laughs) like have you listened to it in as an adult, as a musician who's an adult, you need to go and listen to how raw and insane it is. I haven't heard it in thirty years, probably. But I'll go check it out. I don't know if this is like a weird high thought that I have because I would watch it late at night when I'm trying to sleep and and (laughs) I'm a little little uh, high. I don't know if my mom. I'm definitely gonna check that out because well, the reason why I mentioned, I guess I was thinking Star Wars, but I guess it was GI Joe, and I couldn't watch the show because Channel Eleven was blurry, and so like there was lines, and so I'd every now and then it would come in, and I'd watch that, and uh, having the figures, I had GI Joe, and I had tons of Star Wars figures. And I can remember all the little things I would do with them. Like I would have these like little spaceships and I would have a hedge outside our front yard and I would go above the hedge like they do going through the, the, over the trees kind of over the trees. Yeah. Through that. Yeah. With the speeders and all that. Yeah. That was fun. Sick, man. I could pretend. I used to pretend quite a bit. Yeah, dude. It's a pretender (laughs) for sure. Dude, any, any musician who didn't have like that kind of crazy imagination as a kid, how do you become a musician in a band if you aren't one of those kids? You know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, I know. Well, how do you end up with a Star Wars podcast with your friends if you weren't just a complete, the best kind of nerd, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's just is what it is. Well, do you want to uh, jump into some Star Wars? Yeah, let's talk about official stuff. So we haven't done this before, Mike. This is the first time we've just hung with a guest and kind of tried this like guest only segment thing. So we have a segment on the show called I Love You, I Know that we do for every like film or TV show or whatever we're kind of talking about, which is like, that's the section where we talk about, we kind of each pick our favorite thing. So when we started mm-hmm. to talk about, you know, we've run out of movies that so we've done, we've covered all the Mandalorian. I haven't finished watching the Clone Wars yet. And it's, it's a pretty daunting task to watch it all. So I've, you know, we don't, we're not ready to do those yet. So we were kind of talking about, well, what could we do for, for episodes in the meantime, while we wait for new film and TV content? And we just talked about what it would be like to do episodes where we kind of just hang with a guest and like, that's it. So we thought kind of the centerpiece for that would maybe be, I love you. I know. Um, and it would just be kind of cool to like jump in with you on like what your favorite top five, call it whatever memories, quotes, moments from the films or, or whatever they are. Yeah. That sounds fun. I love you. I know. Favorite quotes, favorite scenes, favorite moments. Doesn't have to be in particular order. Okay. Well, you know, the first thing that came to mind was these are not the droids you're looking for. (laughs) It's kind of one of those things you just hear people say throughout the day, you know, you could hear them at a job at work or something and try to use, you know, use the force on people and get people to shut up. (laughs) (laughs) So that, that scene always makes me laugh just because people are funny and they take that vibe and they take it into their real lives. We all do in some ways. It's amazing how that moment, we've we've talked about that moment. It's amazing how 
as you just said, like of the other films, of the other quotes, of the other like crazy moments in Star Wars, like that one really stands out and people use it like in vernacular all the time. You know, it's crazy. It reminds me of getting backstage, you know, when you don't have a laminate, you just act like you know <laughs> right. what you're doing. <laughs> That's great. Use the dude. force. <laughs> That's great. Dude, it's funny how much those moments from movies that are now 40 years old transcend, like you said, and they are just timeless. And so many others aren't that are such, in my life, such big things from, like, I'll go search, like, the Giphy app in iMessage for, like, a quote or a gift from some movie, even like Terminator, right? Terminator 2, which was a massive blockbuster. And I don't see lines in there. I'm like, what? How is, that, how is this not how? in here? How? You know, just a bunch of stuff. And then immediately I'm like, oh, kids don't understand anything. And you put this cool shit in here. Oh, those old people won't take the time to make these gifts. What are these kids doing? You know, <laughs> but then stuff like that, this dude who would be like 107 years old now has this one sweet moment in a movie from 40 years ago. And it's right at the top of the results. Like it's just as relevant now as ever. Yeah, it's just woven into the fabric of pop culture and life, you know, like it's yeah. just not only the words, but like the beat of how he says it. Like you could hear someone else say something that kind of has the same amount of words and the same rhythm. And you're like, wait, mm -hmm. that just reminded me of what Obi-Wan said. It's just yeah. it's brainwashing. And like Mike said, the, the hand motion, that's <laughs> yeah. really also like that's a huge part of it. That became, yeah. we, I think we just covered this some somewhere in an episode. We were talking about how. I mean, it may have been when we talked about A New Hope, I'm not sure, but, you know, that was really one of the first force things, mm -hmm. the force choke in A New Hope, and then Obi-Wan's kind of mind control with his hand. That was, dude, you're lucky, Mike, that you are, we talk about how we didn't get to see those movies in the theater, and it's funny how just a couple of years, because you're only a couple of years older than us, we're, the three of us are all the same age, so you're two or three years older than us, but that's just enough to where, like, you saw... Jedi in yeah. the theater and like it fully computed. Whereas Jedi for us was your empire. Like right, when Ewoks right. came Snow on, we were already out <laughs> yeah. or had been carried out of the theater for right. bitching about whatever, you know, <laughs> crying. But yeah, like that was the first time when everybody going to see Star Wars in 1977, they were just like, whoa, this is mind control, you know? And all he had to do was wave his hand. It's so rad. Yeah. Also just chilling back in his seat too. No effort. Laid just like back. <laughs> that was so cool too, seeing that, I don't know what they call the, the car that floats, but the floating car. Yeah, just the concept, yeah. X-34. Oh, yeah. It's oh, like it's the a, Honda Civic of today. So it's, it's an X-34. Did you know? So you didn't know it's an X-34? Okay. <laughs> Next. Next, what do you got? Let, let's just stick with A New Hope. It's not all A New Hope, but might as well just stick with this because it's kind of going down the line. The cantina scene for me was like, whoa, one my friend doesn't like you and I don't like you either. You know, right. that line, then chaos ensuing. And I didn't even realize what happened. And I'm like, you know, I'm still a little kid when I'm seeing, you know, by the time I probably, they got it on VHS or whatever it was. And yeah. I got to see a new hope. Beta. I don't, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember, but I just remember seeing that and going, Oh my God. Like, there's an arm on the floor. <laughs> yeah. Dude, were you kind of scared by it as well? Because it kind of scared me as a kid. Yeah, I was scared. I was scared of the guy, the guy that, that got his arm cut off or whatever. It's funny that the the special effects that come up talking about, well, does it hold up, obviously, compared to what we can do now in film or whatever. But when it was something that no one had ever seen before, like that, a light sword 
and and I think the way you described it is exactly what that reaction was for everyone. It, it was like it happened so fast. You seeing the lightsaber, seeing violence, and then a bloody arm on the floor. Like that was enough right. to get everyone yeah. out of their seat. Like, whoa, this is some gnarly space shit. And back then there was no such thing as like pouring over the um you know, the movie again and again, like all these fans that yeah. can post footage and comment on this and that, like it was, you see it in the theater and then that's it, you know, like yep. for a while anyway. And then they did such a good job with the chaos of the bar, the cantina, all the characters, like I was just mesmerized. And then all of a sudden this happens and you just, you're not ready for it. It's like almost like a magician, you know, they're using these magic tricks in the scene to get you to look at things and then all of a sudden there's an arm on the floor. <laughs> yeah. And and you think about how well it set up the expansive universe, you know, that Star Wars was going to be just that one little scene. And they walk in and-, and Yeah, you, you know, there's aliens everywhere, right? Yeah, yeah. Some of which don't hold up, but, <laughs> but nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. like as a kid, especially, you know, you're seeing that you're like, whoa, this is just crazy. There's these, you know, it gives you the immediate sense that they're all from different planets and they're all from different places. And, you know, that kind of transient outer rim- criminal kind of thing that just it's just instantly recognizable in that scene and everyone needs a drink right no matter where they're from they need a drink (laughs) yeah it's a known thing and we've talked about it a little bit on this podcast about how the cantina scene and the set and the costumes and everything were not to george's satisfaction right off the bat and that took a lot of work to get it where he was happy with it and editing went a long way as well but in the end it ended up being something very new in movies and it became this massive influential thing that's like right at the top of your list right here i remember hearing a quote i want to say it was gene roddenberry you know creator of star trek who talked about kind of feeling like uh the aliens in star trek just didn't quite have what he saw in george lucas's work he's like there's something about the way he presents aliens even bizarre looking not even remotely human aliens that just works and is endearing and you just buy it, even if they are goofy as hell looking, or there's an ant at the bar like there is in <laughs> the, the Mandalorian, the Ryan Hayes, but like, yeah. still, you buy it. Yeah. And here it is, again, at the top of your list. I certainly bought it. And now that I think about Star Trek, I bought Star Trek, but it, the aliens were more human, right? Yeah. They seemed more, a little more human. Different mm-hmm. color skin, different thing on their forehead. Which is funny to say, because Star Wars, they humanize almost every character, you know, in, yeah. in some way. Jar Jar Binks, right? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> When that came out, I was like, oh, man. Like, but okay, it's for the kids. Yeah, it's so like people were pissed about Ewoks. People hate the Ewoks. Totally, I yeah. love the Ewoks. So I get it. I'm like, okay, Same. you can have Jar Jar. I'll have Ewoks. We're <laughs> right. good. So uh, do you guys want to move on to the next, my next memory? Or you want to yeah, any, sure, any more it. cantina thoughts? Let's hear it. For me, the trash compactor. My God, I was so scared of that thing. Mm-hmm. It terrified me. I put myself in that position. I thought, what would I do over and over? Every time I watched that scene, I was always just freaked out. I know they get out, but I'm still scared. (laughs) Why? Dude, I feel like that scene made me claustrophobic for life. Yeah. (laughs) I wonder how many people develop claustrophobia from from that scene. Yeah. And just the fact that like, why would you make this? Why would you make this (laughs) giant trash come back to it? And I don't know much about the actual details of the monster, right? Like, have you guys talked about that or thought about that at all? Like, whatever's swimming around. Have down they ever there? showed what it looked like? It's got a name. Yeah, it's got a. It's just name. a eyeballs and tentacles. Is it the Dianoga? Is it the one that's in yeah, the water tank? Is that it? That's in the water tank in Batu. Yeah, with the one eye. Let me see. Almost positive. Yeah, I was always freaked out by that. So we had a board game when I was a kid, 
an actual Star Wars board game. Do you guys remember that? Oh, yeah. They've been re-releasing those recently okay. in the last couple of years. Uh, yeah, Dianoga is what it is called. Dianoga. There yeah. you go. You learn something new every day on Thank the Maker. Is there any pictures of like what it looks like? Yeah, so That's- Mike, if you go to Galaxy's Edge at, at Disneyland or, or Disney World, there's just one swimming around in a tank, and you can see the whole oh, thing. Oh, wow. Yeah. Creepy. It's like a lumpy octopus with a tentacle coming off the top of its head that has that eye. Oh, yeah. There you go. Creepy. It's like alien. Yeah, it's like octopus. a face hugger yeah. kind of almost vibe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That scene too, man. It's cool talking to you about how this stuff relates to your childhood because that's definitely where all of this comes from for me and like why I still do this on a weekly basis with my friends, you know. But that scene was the origin of like so many hours of pretending, of playing, you know, like totally. getting in the hallway in my house and like using a broomstick or something to, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> to stick between the wall. Look, you guys are both like, yep, that's what I did too. <laughs> so it's so amazing that you think about the fact that all four of us grew up in the different corners of the world that we grew up in and the different backgrounds we grew up in and whatever else. And like, we all relate to using a broomstick to (laughs) make the hallway a trash compactor, you know, it's just, it's so rad. And I love, I love that scene for a stupid reason that in high school, so I I had a friend who could do the the Mark Hamill, like yelling voice (laughs) just to the, where could he be? Yes. It sounded exactly like him. And so always three people, where can he be? He would, do it all the time dude. it was so good so will you shut up and listen to me <laughs> my thing with that is like that's the one you know how so kenner made all toys all battle like all sets all this stuff but they never made a trash compactor back then so i remember i don't remember if i asked my dad or my dad just brought home a box with a bunch of junk from work in it Mm. That was like the right size for my little figures. And I was like, it's a trash compactor. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's rad, That's dude. I wonder how many kids did that exact same thing, but then just dumped a bunch of water in it. Like, yeah. oh, this will work. And then there's water everywhere. And their parents are like, God damn it. <laughs> just the world that they built uh, was so cool as a kid to see something so different, so new. And, and of course, back then there was a whole lot less of, of these types of things to watch. So everything was new, but I bought it. Not that I thought it was real or anything, but just like I was just so into it when I watched it. I was immersed in it, thought it was real, freaked me out. You know, just get out of there. Go on. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, the pew, pew, you know, the lasers, though, you know, and people would actually die, you know. Yeah. So I thought that was like, oh, people are like falling down. Wow. OK. But the, the good people never, never yeah, really died. Right. There's, a, there's a lot of murder in Star Wars. <laughs> a lot of stormtroopers die. Yeah. So, it's so much more palatable when there's no blood, you know? <laughs> When you don't see people right. bloody and suffering, you're just like, oh, whatever. Maybe they got up later. Who knows? <laughs> it's maybe maybe they're just injured. <laughs> yeah, you never know. I mean, with G.I. Joe, you never saw anybody die on yeah. those cartoons. So mm-hmm. going from that to seeing stormtroopers falling off cliffs and getting lasered and all these things. Every time one of them falls, like falls down and they use like the, the classic stock. <laughs> the Wilhelm scream. Yes, the stock scream. And like, ah! dude, it's just... They're just gone like forever. It's just as as kids, we're just, we're just watching them fall to their death and so many people dying in two hours of film. Now that I think, where are their families? Like where are these people living? Yeah. Are they in an apartment on the Death Star somewhere? (laughs) Like the residential area? Well, I mean, clerks. The idea is that much like Finn in, in the sequel trilogies, we, I think we are to believe that most stormtroopers, you know, either enlisted, oh, yeah. enlisted, some do like you see in solo, you know, that they're definitely recruiting. But I think the empire was certainly taking children and raising them and 
recruiting them as, as soldiers, like taking orphans or taking kids from their families from planets that weren't falling in line. All that classic Nazi stuff, you know, they're the best. Brainwashed and yeah. indoctrinated. Super quality stuff, yeah. Dude, so my fate, you know, Empire being my favorite, the next moment for me is a quote. And I thought they smelled bad on the outside. Yeah. You know, the Tauntauns. I loved yeah. the Tauntauns. They Same. were just so cool. And maybe you guys have talked about this, but was it stop motion? How did they do the Tauntauns? Because it was done yeah. in a way that was like, you could kind of tell they were kind of fake, but they didn't look that fake to me. Like it maybe now if you look. Yeah, not when you were six. No, it was just amazing. And just the whole, like, they smell bad. You had to cut them open and get inside. To me, that was like a full survival mode that had nothing to do with actually Star Wars and it kind of had to do with real life in some ways. Like Bear Grylls out there. And I always thought, is that what you're supposed to do? Like if you <laughs> are in the middle of the, the winter and your horse dies, you just cut it open and crawl it. Anyway. <laughs> so that, yeah. I mean, I love that whole beginning of Empire. Cool that, that you mentioned about it being survival, real life, those kinds of things. I mean, we've definitely hit on the fact that Empire is, that's one of the Things about Empire, I think that especially as an adult, you look back on, and that's why that movie resonates more in a certain way because it's, it's a little more grounded in reality and themes of the relationships between the characters. It's less about the adventure and more about the story and the development of, of the characters and their survival, as you put it. Going to the, back to the stop motion, though, I was looking at some, I guess, behind-the-scenes stuff recently or watching maybe even that documentary that came with The Rise of Skywalker that shows a lot of old stuff. Point being, I was really noticing how there are like a handful of different puppets and miniatures and all these different things to sell the, the Tauntauns as, you know, full-size things. Like there's one shot where I think it's when Han is about, you know, it's the then I'll see you in hell thing, you know, when he heads off on his Tauntaun. He's riding a full-size something, you know, it's probably just the head and like the seat. But then behind him, like behind kind of like those ice stalagmites or whatever, there's somebody else kind of wrangling another one, you know, and it's moving. You know, there's somebody up in that thing, like puppeting it, like a Chinese dragon kind of thing. So all these different things, they're just there, and we never question them. Like you said, it's a little, like, stop-motion, like, puppet. It's a full-size thing with a dude up in it with a stick, but it just, like, sells so well on screen. Yeah, that's the spit coming off the tauntaun and, like, yeah. the tongue coming out. Yeah. Like, yeah, it was kind of gross. And, it, and the guts looked like, what, like macaroni or, like, noodles or something? Yeah. Like, I always thought they looked like... Uh, <laughs> it was so cool. Like, packing peanuts. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like wet, soggy packing peanuts. Yeah. Mucus-covered packing peanuts. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I had uh, Han Solo in Empire Gear in the snow gear, Luke Skywalker as well. So I had those two figures when I was a kid and I would play with them all the time. Mostly Luke. Luke had the, the scarf that would come off. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I would stick him up yeah. in like leaves or a tree or something. So he'd be like stuck in the ice. Yeah. <laughs> and so I would, yeah, that was fun. I, I'm just, I literally just, it popped into my brain. I, I forgot about those 
particular action figures. I had a little Hoth like a uh, set, you know, it was like a little with trench. The turret? Yeah, with the turret on top. Same. And I so Hoth was probably that was like my most played out action figure thing, you know, like seen from Star Wars. It was cool. Like I just thought of because you're not always outside in the snow. You could you could just put a white sheet over pillows and have yeah. snow hills and and I would play like on a bed or on the floor with a, a blank a white blanket and make like a snow area. God, can we just go there again? <laughs> that was fun. I would do that right now. I'd have I would have action figure playtime with two dudes right now. Instead, you could put on VR goggles and like actually go fly an X-wing. Now. Yeah, you're right. That's, you're right. You're that's right. where we've They're, gone in forty years. That's true. That's true. Did you ever think about or wonder how the Wampa got Luke's feet frozen up? Many times, many My times. My whole life I've wondered that. It's a curious thing. But, you know, suspend a little disbelief. We, we, we don't know how long he was there, how long he was unconscious. Did he have like a spray bottle, you know, and he hold him up there and spray it <laughs> nice and wet and just keep holding him until it freezes? <laughs> I mean, Does he have really cold breath that he breathes on it? Yeah, I mean, he, he might have just had a spigot right there, <laughs> you know, just hook the hose up, yep. a little nozzle, just spray it up there, man. I mean, clearly he'd done it before. I'm going to have to go with pee. <laughs> There what it else is. has he got? It's whiz. <laughs> it just whizzes I've up never there. considered that option, but it is 100% the most viable. <laughs> yeah. Wampa whiz. He absolutely peed on his feet. Positive? Yeah. Luke's not getting athlete's feet. What if he was <laughs> trying to true. help him the whole time? Like Luke had some kind of cut or something on his feet and he's like, oh man, I got to sanitize this. I'm going to hang him up here and it's going to, the blood's going to come down. That's going to help the infection. And when it's done, I'll let him down and he'll be free and everything will be cool. And then Luke pops down, cuts his damn arm off. I was trying to help. Yeah, he's like, dude, I just wanted to eat some Tauntaun. Thanks a lot. Another arm. For sure. Another <laughs> arm. Uh, that was, was that your third one? What do you have next? I, you know, I'm going to return to the Jedi. Just that, you know, showing up to Jabba's palace, that whole scene was a trip for me. Like I probably should have been on mushrooms. I was a kid, of course, but I wasn't. So, but I mean, everything was just wild. Like I was scared. I was like, I don't go in. Like, what are you doing? Don't go in there. But I loved that whole scene. Just Jabba, all the characters, and then Jabba's barge, Jabba's palace into the Sarlacc pit. Leia gets caught. She's held captive. They go up on the, what, the booze cruises. What do they call those things? <laughs> the skiffs and all that over the Sarlacc pit. But the Sarlacc pit, that's kind of what I'd like to talk about because, and I, I know it's kind of based on like pirate movies and swashbuckling movies. And I loved it because I could never get enough of sword fighting, just swinging around on those things. And then the fact that there's this giant pit with tentacles coming out and people Jumping into there too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Fully like a, a scene from a pirate movie, just yeah. over sand. You know, there, instead yeah. of a giant squid in the ocean, it's the Sarlacc, it's sand instead of, you know, I mean, it is straight up Lucas's childhood. Well done. I mean, and it really does just lend it to, I'm inadvertently bringing this back to toys and playing with toys as a kid, but like, great. Just because everything is like, the Ewoks are in a forest, Tatooine is sand. It's like you can just go in your backyard with your figures and like play these things, you know, and like come up with your own stories. And there's just some crazy parallel to like growing like your brain as a creative person, you know, like and, and making stories with like your figures in the backyard. It's such a cool thing that we all went through, you know, as a Star Wars, as young Star Wars fans. We all kind of, like you said earlier, Ryan, you, we all have this like parallel thing that we all did together, but separately before we all knew each other. I think that there's something that's said about Star Wars often when you talk about world building, 
talk about Lucas's ability to build worlds and create these alternate universes that are so recognizable, or I guess the whole thing is an alternate universe, but you know what I mean? Like the planets and and the worlds, the systems we travel to throughout the stories, they're also instantly recognizable because of what you just said, Nick, the landscape and the weather, whether it's sand or snow or whatever it is, making that system unique. As a kid, whether you're playing Star Wars with your friends or with your, by yourself with your action figures or whatever, I mean, that's what you're doing all the time is, is world building, is it not? You know what I mean? You're, mm-hmm. you're imagining like surroundings that aren't there when you're a kid. And yeah, you use a sandbox for Tatooine or you use pillows and a blanket, like Mike said, for Hoth. It's, that's just so sick that your brain can compute that way at that age, you know, that you can literally mm-hmm. see things that aren't actually there. Yeah. I, I just think that's so cool. And I think someone like a George Lucas or a Steven Spielberg, th- those guys that are notorious for world building, as I put it, like they just never stopped doing that, you know, yeah, like every, everywhere they look, they see something that's like, Oh, I imagine that to be this. And then they use it somewhere in a story. Yeah. I love seeing the giant trees and in, in the Ewok indoor. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, just just seeing the the scooters or whatever they call those. They're like motorcycles, but floating motorcycles. Like that's so cool. And and how not only the worlds are different, but the tools they need for that world are different, and right. the vehicles they need for that world, and they, of course the animals are going to be different as well. But it's so well done. And and it and I guess that you know it's not like he's making this stuff out of thin air. It's it's from stories from his childhood, and he's just adapting those to new things. But it's just he really just encompassed all these amazing things into one movie. Yep. Really, if you think about it, or one series of movies. What is it? it was it filmed in the Redwood Forest or something like that? Like the in Northern California, yeah. They did, yeah, and they did film indoor up in Northern California, yeah. Adam, they found a, a place, right? We've talked about this. They they found a place that was about to get deforested or, or logged, or whatever. Yeah, it was like scheduled for scheduled for termination. It was like <laughs> scheduled for right. termination. So they were able to like cut down trees and make the scene what they needed it to be, and you know, make room for cameras and make room for the speeder bikes to go through and all that. They just, yeah, I guess they either bought the land or they you know leased it before they cut down all the trees. That kind of thing so r.i.p to the trees but thanks for your sacrifice for making indoor what it was thank you for your service trees (laughs) yeah so i mean that that scooter scene um there's some funny stuff in the chase stuff and when they stop and they get off but um just that whole world is is amazing rad it's hard it's hard nowadays to like be wowed by something like that you know but I think we were, you know, I was certainly for sure. Then. The whole world was, I mean, that's, that's what caused it to, <laughs> to explode the way it did was just, no one could believe what they were watching. The innovation behind the filmmaking through industrial light and magic, where they were coming up with all these new techniques to shoot speeder bike scenes and to shoot space battles like that and create light swords and laser beams and all, everyone was just like, what am I watching? How, you know, no one had ever seen anything like it. And and I think each of the, the original trilogy, like each consecutive film outdid the one before it as far as no one's ever seen that before. Well, no one's ever seen that before. And and I, I think when you go back and watch it as an adult, if you've never seen it before, I get it. Like, yeah, the stop motion on the Tauntauns, right? That might, like, if you're, we talk a lot about showing it to like a friend who's 40 for the first time, they've never seen it. They may think that looks a little goofy, but when I watch it, I'm like, wow, I can't believe they did this in 1980. You know, yeah. like that's where my brand goes yeah. immediately. So my, my point with all of that is like movies after that for the next 10 years looked worse than star Wars. So like they, yeah. they invented yeah. it. It looked great. And then people tried to emulate or tell stories the way George Lucas did. And it looked terrible. Yeah. So good luck they, catching they, up. They, That's yeah. what he said. <laughs> True. Dude. One last thing great. about Endor and about that, that location. I think it's so sweet that George Lucas made 
this story about all these different worlds a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away. And yeah, he did go to some international locations. He did go to Tunisia and shoot in the desert to get the Tatooine stuff. But one of the most memorable locations, definitely for people our age, is that place that you can just straight drive to. If you're from the United States, that amazing, mind-blowing place, it's just right up the highway. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. That's so cool. Going to San Francisco, even just, you know, being close-ish to it, walking across the bridge, climbing up the hill, and you start to see the trees getting bigger as you're looking kind of like into the park on the other side. I remember Ryan from Story of the Year and I went probably 10 years ago when we, first time we were in San Francisco and had some time, we walked up there and as like dudes in our 30s, we're just like immediately transported like, we're kind of in Endor right now. Holy shit. <laughs> it's, just, it's just right there, you know? Where are the Ewoks? They're in here. I know they're up in here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, as I would watch Jedi later in the years, I would have fun with it, but the Ewoks was just like, are they really going to take out those stormtroopers? Really? Like, <laughs> Dude, we've been talking about this a bunch lately, actually. Like, they get super violent and crazy, but they're just so sweet. They're like that movie Critters. They're like gremlins. They're just, their cuteness, <laughs> it's part of their arsenal. It's a of, mask for their cruelty yeah. and their savagery. Right. Yeah, you, you definitely, uh, you're not expecting the violence to come out and they throw rocks at you. Well, Adam, I'm going to briefly give a synopsis of your theory because it's the best. They put Han on a spit over a fire with no hesitation, meaning they find a human, they're going to cook it and eat it, right? That's savage, dude. That's that's all you need to know about the Ewoks. If you think like, oh, they're cute, they couldn't beat the Stormtroopers. Really, they, they eat people. They cook people. On the red. They're little monsters. Like, it that's was true. totally that's normal. True. So one of my favorite moments on this podcast was Adam goes, so yeah, like Leia comes out in the dress, you know, when they all get there, her hair is all done nice, and she's wearing that dress. Where do you think they got that dress? They ate that lady. Oh, wow. I never thought of that. Like, yeah, exactly. where'd she get that dress? I hadn't either. It's real. It's real. Well, she just, they just like sewed it up for her. So they may not have been destined to win against the stormtroopers, but I don't question their desire to battle. They're little savages. Yeah, yeah. No, that, you make a good point. If you really think about it, doesn't it have a very like 80s, even earlier, like even almost like Hitchcock, like thriller horror vibe to it like the idea yeah. that they're just pleasantly like yeah come come into it we have a dress for you here get her one of the dresses from the pile of bones hi son merry christmas here's a doll with red hair and overalls <laughs> good luck i never had any ewok figures do they have ewok figures oh, they yeah. probably did. yeah they did i had i had a I few of them i got wicked I, yeah, I never got any. I just bought one the other day. <laughs> right on. Now, Okay, now that I'm thinking about it, I've seen some. Yeah, Dude, yeah, the yeah, best thing about the... the Ewok figurines, toys, was that you could pull their hoods off. Yeah. And then yeah. they really were like the cutest little bears. I mean, they yeah. were just like, there's no way that they were going to eat Han. It could never hurt us. <laughs> just try it on. Dawson's Creek should be playing like at the end of the when they're all like around the fire and the Ewoks are dancing. Dawson's Creek theme song. Do 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 do. Be a good meme. Anyway, sorry. What need another another good memory? I don't know. Unless you unless we've seen unless we've run them. I got one. Uh, The Darth Vader death scene when he takes his helmet off. Yeah, man. Spoiler alert. (laughs) He doesn't make it. But uh, that obviously was like I was like one freaked out seeing his skin and seeing like the markings on his head and like, Oh no way. I can't believe they actually showed him. Like, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah. But it's weird because you have no context 
other than just he takes his helmet off and he looks all messed up. You know, later on, you get a little bit of context. You see him as a young man and a young boy. But at the time, I was just freaked out. I was freaked out a lot by Star Wars, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I go back to it again. I mean, maybe a little jealous, the idea that you were definitely able to experience the films in theaters and kind of more in real time as a kid, like at your at the age that you were at, even just being a couple years older, you know. But yeah, when you see that for the first time, you don't you don't know that he got his legs cut off and was almost burned to death by a lava river. You're just like, whoa, there's an old, crinkly, scary man under that mask. I probably saw Return of the Jedi. I did see Return of the Jedi in theaters. I know because my mom definitely tells the story about how my dad was like super late and we barely made it into the theater and that was like a big to-do, but I was only three. So I'm not sure if I saw it in the theaters in mid the mid-80s, like if they did re-releases or anything, if you guys remember or not in the mid-80s. I'm yeah, sure they did. 85 is when I saw Return of the Jedi re-release. Yeah, so at some point okay. we caught up with you, Mike, but, but I remember that like fear too of like, that's an image that kind of will keep a six-year-old up at night is Anakin's mangled head. But I love that scene, dude. The dialogue in that scene, that's just, that's some of the most iconic, epic Star Wars that there is. Tell your sister she was right. I mean, come on, man. Mm -hmm. It's almost like it just doesn't seem realistic anymore, but it's a time gone past where somebody that was so bad actually turns around and changes <laughs> changes his mind. I see like, what you did oh, there. Yeah. I'm on your side now. Yeah. Like, that just doesn't happen. I days. see what <laughs> you did there. <laughs> The evil villain leader grows a conscience. Interesting. Yeah, I loved that he did. I loved that he did. I loved seeing him pick up the emperor and throw him. And it's just like, yes. Yeah. Awesome. Okay, good. Good wins. It's amazing. I know a lot of people just even, you know, five years older than us look at Return of the Jedi with the Ewoks and with the big fairy tale happy ending. And they're like, man, that's stupid. They want something like darker and mm -hmm. people aren't fulfilled by happy endings for some reason <laughs> in a lot of cases when they take things like Star Wars very seriously. Not that we don't, but they want it to be darker or whatever. But that is such a sweet, triumphant ending. He picks up the worst villain in the universe and throws him to his death. The greatest Sith Lord of all time. You know what I mean? It's so sweet. How, how did people not I, love dude, it? It's so dark. I think it's performance-wise, too. I mean, you, you watch Star Wars for the grand nature of it, and I think a lot of times the performance by Mark Hamill and Carrie Fisher, and I don't think Harrison Ford's performance has ever lost on anyone, but don't you agree? Like, sometimes there are moments that if you really look at him, you're like, why don't we talk about that more? Yeah. If you think about Luke all the way to the very end, he's not like, I mean, he's happy. He's happy at the end. But I think Mark Hamill did an amazing job of even to the last moment of the film, you could tell he's like, wow, I just went through that and I just burned my father on a funeral pyre. Like, I don't right. know. I, th I think Very it, conflicted. Yeah, I think that plays even through the, the remade song. There's definitely supposed to be, I think more so as an adult, you can kind of see it. But I think that there's supposed to be that sense of uh, Luke actually turning at the end of Return of the Jedi when he's fighting Vader in front of Palpatine. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I definitely don't remember if that's Dave Filoni said that or if I came up with that at this point. But <laughs> Filoni talked about thinking in the moment when he was watching it that he was convinced that he could have turned yeah. right there. What a journey that would have been. It was close. I mean, he, he was angry. You know, for, as a kid, it was a simpler message. It was, oh, watch your temper. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You might turn to the dark side. Don't let that Skywalker blood <laughs> creep up on you. <laughs> A major weapons test is imminent. 
Test playing 94. You may fire when ready. Test Bay 94. This Would You Rather tonight's really good. Let me just say that. And <laughs> for the first week in a few weeks, I have I take no credit. I had nothing to do with it. I'm even more proud to be a member of this team because this was a team effort. <laughs> so when we get to the Would You Rather, everyone know that this is half Nick, half Adam. So it's like Nick came up with this and then went or, and Adam did the second half. <laughs> and it's a really good one. Nick wrote this sweet hook, and I was like, dude, I have a verse that goes perfectly with that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and we're like, we both play bass. We need other instruments. <laughs> so Test Bay 94 is either ors, favorite things, and would you rather. So to start, either or, pick your team, X-Wing or TIE Fighter? X-Wing. My man. Any particular reason, or is it just, that's just your vibe? You know, uh, when we went on our very first tour, 1995, after we graduated high school, uh, MXPX, we had a CB radio. This is pre-cell phone. And, and we were on tour with a band called Blenderhead from Seattle. And they were a little older than us. So they were the responsible ones. And we followed them. But anytime we had to like, okay, we're going to stop for gas, we would, you know, CB radio them. And we'd communicate through CB. But our van was X-Wing. Nice. <laughs> nice. X-Wing. This is X-Wing. You know? Sick. Yeah. So That's dope. I would have been pretty stoked to ride in that van because like a year later is the first time I saw MXPX play a show in Jacksonville, Florida when I was 16. So that would have been pretty cool to ride in the X-Wing. Yeah, we probably still had had the uh, CB radio in there. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) (laughs) All right, favorite things. What is your favorite force power? You know, I mean, never even thought about this, but uh, my gut tells me to pick levitating objects. Yeah. is pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, just being like Baby Yoda, being able to throw something against a wall. You could pull off a lot of good pranks that way. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite version of that too comes from your favorite, my favorite film in the franchise. Dude, that the final lightsaber battle in Empire between Vader and Luke when he lets him fight him for a while. I mean, you know, he really kind of lets him stay in the fight. And then in that final moment, he's like, okay, youngin. And he just starts ripping shit off the walls and like beating the shit out of him with while still like fully conscious of what's happening with his lightsaber. He's also flinging objects like giant object. That's the biggest display of the force as well. That I think that we've seen to that point in the films too. So it was, it was the answer to Yoda raising the X-wing like, Oh yeah, exactly. Do that. Watch this essentially. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It was showing the dark side has that power as well. If not more really cool. All right. Would you rather here we go? Would you rather be in the house band at the most Isley cantina and this is your career for life. Free drinks. Get free drinks the whole nine yards. But you have to play that same song over and over. That's all you get to play. Oh, your whole career. MXPX's biggest song and the feeling <laughs> that you have when you have to play it every night and multiply that times a thousand. And that's you're your life near in the cantina. <laughs> but you're in the cantina and that's pretty sick. Okay. Or option two on earth, you get to work with John Williams through his whole career in the beginning of Star Wars, writing all the scores. You're like in the symphony. You're right there with the dude. But you have like a gastrointestinal condition, so you can't <laughs> stop yourself from farting. So for 40 years, you're known as the dude by John Williams and the London Symphony Orchestra as just the fart dude. You're fucking up every recording. Uh, all right. From the top, we heard the f- no, we heard the fart in the one mic. You have to start over. That was not a trombone. You're always killing the vibe with the smells. 
But you're with John Williams. You like stay hired. Can I get fired? Yeah, I was gonna say no, I can't get fired. These are both lifetime commitment. Like you get to either wow. you're, you work at yeah, the cantina, lifetime career, free drinks in the cantina forever, yeah. or you get to you work know, for John Williams forever. I'm sure that those drinks are good, but they probably get a little sugary. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a, little, a little much after a while. A little processed. And the fact that really thinking about. Okay, I'll get used to the humiliation, <laughs> farting all the time, and farting feels good. So I get to do something that feels good my whole life. I'll take John Williams. Uh, dude, your answer hits on so many levels for this podcast. One, we've been talking a lot tonight, and I've really enjoyed it, about childhood and about how we played with with our Star Wars toys and imagined worlds, and I loved all that, and we've yet again proven that we are still just children because on our podcast, we are four men in our forties talking about farts <laughs> and everyone's laughing. But second, we try to keep this podcast real positive. There's a lot of negativity in the star Wars world and the fan base. And we really try to be a beacon of light because there are more people who love it than don't. And we try to do that. And your answer about I'm going to pick this because it feels good. That's right on brand for Thank the Maker. Positive vibes. All around. Feels good in the heart. Feels good coming out the butt. Yeah. <laughs> That's how I keep it around here. It's just relief. We're going to normalize farting. There's no blood involved. I mean, they're not bloody farts, right? right. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All the bloods from arms coming off. Nothing coming out of your butt. Yeah. You're all right. If I were to pick the cantina, I mean, for one, the carpal tunnel it's gonna get gnarly. <laughs> yep. And that song, it's iconic, but Oof. I wonder if people in the Star Wars universe are like, yeah, this song's awesome. You know, like they go to Moss Eisley to hear, like, I hope they play yeah, it tonight. Like, <laughs> I hope they play it tonight. <laughs> yeah. Big single. Or has it become like cliche? Like it was a great classic rock song, but now it's the one that like white girls wild out to at the end of the night. Yeah. <laughs> well, I love how in Oga's at Ombatu at Galaxy's Edge, there's like a remix of it yeah. now, you know, so it, it is like classic rock and there's like an, an EDM <laughs> remix of it yeah. now that you can listen to <laughs> while drinking cocktails at Galaxy's Edge. All right, let's wind this thing down a little bit. Mike, you mentioned at the top of this that you have a streaming thing coming up. Did you say that online or was that before? I think I said it while we were on the podcast. Yeah, it's... Um, Either it's, way, let's plug it again. What do you got going on? Yeah, so uh, we're calling it Between This World and the Next, and we're doing a live stream on the internet. Tickets at mxpx.com. It's at 6.30 p.m. Pacific, so West Coast, U.S., and it's from our studio here where I'm at right now. So it's going to be... It's not a practice. It's not a concert. Somewhere in between, and uh, we're going to have a good time with it. Rad. So at the time of this episode's release, it's tomorrow night. Yep. Because this will come out on Thursday. So it'll happen tomorrow, <laughs> Friday the 16th of October. Cool. And if you're listening on Saturday, you blew it and you missed it. <laughs> yeah, missed. You can still spend some money and, and watch it. It'll be up for a couple of days. Nice. Nobody really does that, though. Once the live stream's done, they usually, they'll wait for the next one. But have you guys done any live streams yet, or is it going to be your first ones? This will be our first full one. Dan, our singer, did like an acoustic thing right when the shit hit the fan, but this is our yeah, first yeah. full band thing. And aside from like, you know, live DVD and like some TV things back in the day, this is our first full on thing of this kind, I guess. I do one every month on my Patreon page. You know, it's a 
pretty tight knit, like small community of people on Patreon. Mm -hmm. So it's not like thousands and thousands of people, but in that way, it's really cool that I think actually a lot of people do rewatch them. Honestly, like people miss the show on a Friday that are overseas. You know, I, I have a decent amount of people from international support that, that I get. And it's like in the six in the morning or five in the morning or whatever, when I play. So I think a lot of people do rewatch them. I think it's really, it's cool. Obviously I hope this isn't the future of live music, but it's definitely a, it's a good way to get by right now and still be able to play for people. Yeah. Yeah. And we're treating that as something different. You know, it's not the same as live music. It's live and it's music, but it's presented in a new way. Yeah. Right. And, and I think a lot of bands are trying different things and we're trying something and, and people are just going to get creative with it, you know? Yep. And so far it's been fun. I've watched quite a few bands, you know? I watched Lagwagon the other night. It was killer. Oh, sick. Yeah, I heard that. I missed that. But I, I watched Newfound Glory last week. I watched Menzingers. Cool. Yeah, I watched the Menzingers one too. It was cool. Sounded good. Anything going on with Goldfinger? I know like right out of the gate, you guys did those kind of almost like, you know, Zoom style live song kind of things. Anything else going on with you guys? Yeah, we did those quarantine videos and now we have a new song out. There will be a new record. So the new song is called Wallflower. It's out on all the streaming services. So pretty stoked. Well, let's fully wrap it up with a quote of the week from William Ryan Key. Let's do that. Not a quote by you, but a quote read by you. Yes. Um... <laughs> I'll try to think of one by me for next week. Um, this is a uh, hold pretty... On. I, I have one. It goes, there's a place called Ocean Avenue. Oh, okay, okay. okay. <laughs> Here Move we along. go. Here we go. Until the day I die, you know? You're never going to let <laughs> it die. Never going to stop. <laughs> All right. So this is a pretty classic quote. I'm sure people have heard it before, but uh, I was looking on my uh, mobile device while we were recording because we live in the future and we can all be in four different cities on a video call recording our audio digitally and looking at a tiny little device to find a quote by a playwright from Ireland. So that's what I did. His name is George Bernard Shaw, playwright, political activist. And I think it's appropriate to this episode because I really enjoyed this talking about how this story shaped our childhood and our imaginations and things. So the quote is, We don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Amen. Hella true. Yeah. So let's keep playing, kids. (laughs) Hey, I'm still buying toys. I had a hell of a day buying toys today. Good. I got some delivered. I found some in Target. Good. It was great. Buy those toys. I'm not, pl- I'm not playing with I them. played video they games for like two hours today. <laughs> Mike, if people want to play with you on social media, where can they find you? Um, they can find me on Instagram. Twitter is Mike Herrera TD. That's Herrera with H-E-R-R-E-R-A. Facebook's probably the same, I think. Uh, I have a YouTube, Mike Herrera video. You have a podcast? I do. I forgot to mention that. <laughs> I just put out an episode uh, yesterday. Um, yeah, I have a podcast. It's called the Mike Herrera Podcast. Uh, you can find it on all the streaming services. If you have trouble or can't remember, you can always go to mxpx.com slash podcast. It's an easy way to find it. And it's all about music and songwriting and just kind of whatever it is. It depends on the guest because I have guests on. And we kind of just talk about whatever it is that they want to talk about. Cool. Good times. Check it out. Dope. Well, we appreciate you jumping on here last minute, dude. Seriously. I mean, it was literally day of. So thank you so much, man. I'm glad it worked out. This was so much fun. I, I had a good time going back into Star Wars. It was fun. Cool. For anyone looking for the podcast, you can find us on social media at ThankTheMakerPod on Instagram, at ThankTheMaker1 on Twitter. My personals are all at Adam the Skull. Uh, hey, y'all. My socials on the webs are all at William Ryan Key. I'm at Nick Bayside. I can't think of anything funny to say, so just follow me there. <laughs> hey, just so you know, I think I lost followers since last week, so I, I definitely not gain any. I still follow so you. 
Thank you. What did I say last week? I'm going to start dressing like a, an Abercrombie person. So I guess I have to fulfill that because I did not get any followers. So I'm going to start wearing flip flops and <laughs> raggedy jeans starting tomorrow. Puka shells. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, that's a great place to end. Uh, everyone, thanks for listening. Mike, thanks again for being here. And until next time, may the force be with you.